0: Today's show is brought to you by Pleasureland RV. Best in the Midwest. Learn more at PleasurelandRV.com. Welcome, everybody, to WCCO Outdoors on News Talk 830. I am Rob Dreesline from Outdoor News. We're here until the bottom of the hour. Uh, Then stay tuned for the uh, Chicago Bulls. At the Minnesota Timberwolves pregame. Uh, I believe tip off is at the top of the hour just after 6 o'clock. Uh, so stay tuned for the pregame and then that tilt uh, coming at you here in uh, about an hour. I'm going to have one guest join us this week, uh, Pat Durkin. Pat is a regular contributor to Wisconsin Outdoor News. I've been talking about having Pat on for several weeks. Uh, he's one of the best outdoor writers in the Midwest and in the country. And I uh, thought it'd be fun just to touch base on what's going on across the river, the St. Croix River, that is, and the Mississippi. Uh, discuss a little bit some of the uh, the drama uh, occurring over there uh, with natural resources management. Uh, I've got a few topics here I thought I would kick around uh, this opening segment. Certainly could take calls if anyone wanted to check in, 651 uh, 461 One uh, interesting story out in Los Angeles, this mountain lion, P-22 uh, that has been uh, prowling the greater Los Angeles area for the better part of 10 years, is my understand, understanding. I guess he uh, passed away, was euthanized. Uh, pretty amazing that a mountain lion could survive in such an urban jungle like that with so much cement, but it did, uh, I guess, probably feeding on deer in what they call the Griffith Park area. I don't know Los Angeles real well, so I'm not not familiar with that, but a pretty big park uh, full of some deer that uh, this uh, remarkable animal was able to survive in. Last weekend, I did not talk about, you know, we had a bunch of eagles die in Invergrove Heights. Uh, uh, kind of an unfortunate headline. Sounded like perhaps scavenging on some euthanized animals that had, you know, poison in their system uh, in the Invergrove area, in Invergrove landfill Perhaps. Uh, Minnesota Raptor Center had, I believe it was 11 or 12 eagles uh, that were do- dead or that they were trying to rehabilitate uh, at that facility. It uh, got me thinking about lead in eagles, and, and that's usually when you know you find a dead eagle. More Quite often it involves lead poisoning, uh, eagles that uh, pick up um, lead in the remains of a lead bullet, or lead shot in some wild game that's uh, that hasn't been found, or or maybe in the uh, well the gut piles as we say the the entrails. Um, always unfortunate. It's that's been a, a strong debate topic in outdoor news and in the outdoor community. You know, should we be banning lead bullets uh, because uh, you know to to prevent the deaths of eagles and you know in with with. Um, Fishing tackle loons, uh, I believe Southern California or most of California has banned lead bullets because of California condors they're trying to reestablish condors out there, and uh, condors let 's face it, are basically a giant vulture, and they're more than willing to uh, to eat uh, the remains of you know wild hogs, wild deer, whatever that have been shot, and perhaps still have uh, some portions of lead bullets in them and when they do uh, it 's unfortunate uh, that they uh that they can die from that i'm still kind of ron shara wrote a piece in outdoor news about this got some letters to the editor i am mostly still in the camp that i'm not ready to completely ban lead bullets or lead shot uh at least on upland areas i you know obviously i'm glad it's banned for waterfowl we, we can't be shooting lead over wetlands uh, but I'm, I'm not ready to completely ban it Um, I, I personally choose to use copper bullets, which are non-toxic in my hunting. I'm just not convinced. I wrote a column about this, that I'm personally not convinced that lead bullets, uh, being left on the landscape, uh, being, you know, scavenged are having population level impacts on any wild birds, including eagles. I, I wrote a column about this earlier this year. Now, as I said, I think it's a horrible way to die uh you know uh, an eagle or any bird consuming a big chunk of lead and then having it in its system and dying from it uh for that reason i make a personal choice not to use lead uh, but i'm not ready to ask the shooting industry to completely ban it uh, I, I i don't think we're there yet um and i you know be happy you know maybe next week or another future installment of wcco outdoors to uh debate this if you've got a different opinion on it more than willing to consider your thoughts go ahead and email me editor at outdoornews.com if you have an opinion on this topic or if there's anything that you would like me to tackle as a topic going forward on WCCO Outdoors so yeah kind of a short show today but we're going to grab a break right now and chat with Patrick Durkin about what's going on in the Badger State when we return you're listening to WCCO Outdoors Hey, folks, welcome back. WCCO Outdoors on News Talk 830. We're here till about the bottom of the hour, then stay tuned for the Timberwolves pregame. I am Rob Drieslein, managing Managing editor-publisher of the Outdoor News Publications, and going to jump in with a special guest right now from across the St. Croix over in the Eau Claire area, a longtime friend of mine and writer for Wisconsin Outdoor News, Mr. Patrick Dirk. And, Pat, are you with me? Yep, I'm here. Thanks for having me yeah you bet good to hear you we've been talking several weeks to try to get you on i'm sorry uh, for some of the delays but it's good to have you now how did your deer season go pat are you all wrapped up there's still some late season archery going on in both of our states uh, that's that's kind of for the hardcore isn't it especially when it gets this cold
1: yeah. yeah i i have um still plans to go down to southwestern wisconsin for the we have that um holiday um antlers only hunt with a rifle And we still have some archery going on, too. But, yeah, I was out scouting today up up here by Eau Claire, and it was tough. Mm. (laughs) It's cold out there.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it looks like it's going to get colder, if anything. Pat, I wanted to talk about some headlines brewing uh, in Wisconsin. There's a little bit of drama over there I found kind of interesting. Uh, for starters, uh, uh, well, first off, your governor got reelected, Tony Evers, correct? Uh, and yeah. But then within a few days, his DNR secretary, which is our equivalent of the commissioner over here, where Sarah Stroman is our, is our DNR commissioner. Preston Cole is your DNR secretary. Uh, Mr. Cole declaring he's going to move on uh, and not stick around for the second term. That's That catches you off guard as a surprise
1: Uh, a little bit but um you know so often people get in you know high positions like that and if they have a chance to retire um they'll take it you know you know it's not, not that uncommon so I guess I wasn't shocked and plus it hasn't been a easy four years for him um you know there's been a lot of controversy and a lot of stress and I haven't been happy with um a lot of the things that he did but um that's not really, I doubt my, I doubt my thoughts on, on his performance weighed in one bit <laughs> on, on, on his um, decision. I, I'm guessing it's mainly um, retirement, but, um, you know, so often, too, in politics, in those political positions, you don't ever get the full story on why somebody steps down until long after and then, but I'd, I'd just be speculating right now to, to see if it's anything besides what he said, which was, that it was time to retire.
0: Well, I don't think we're speculating too much to comment on. It, it has been a challenge, uh, his dealings with the Natural Resources Board over there. I've watched some of the meetings, right. and we should talk about that a little bit. Uh, the yeah, NRB, yeah. we we still have a, a gentleman there who is kind of squatting on his seat, right? Uh, is that, is that right. how you would put it? And, and the election well, really isn't going to yeah. change that at all, right?
1: Yeah, you know, his uh, this Fred Preen, he's been squatting on that position for the last 19 months, and his, his um, reasoning for holding on to onto that post has changed you know almost every time he opens his mouth you know at one point um, as, as we reported recently in the outdoor news you know at one point he said he was telling people he was going to hang on until um Rebecca clayfish won the governor's job but then she got knocked out in the primary so then he think, well if he was gonna hang on till the, till the election well that's gone now and you know he's still he's still in there and then we have um, three more board members who um, their their terms will expire on May 1st. Wow. And so it'll be interesting <laughs> to see if those three um, pull the same stunt and, and hang on. But, you know, there's a lot going on with this Fred Prane situation. You know, he's he's been the subject of a lawsuit for violating the open records law in Wisconsin. And um, that hasn't been um, ruled on yet, but at some point, If there's a ruling that he did violate the law and it's um, a clear violation, you know, it'll be interesting to see if the governor does anything about it. You know, because the only way you can remove the guys is for cause, you know, basically um, bad behavior of some sort.
0: You know, we've had folks here, and and I'm not completely averse to it, suggest that we need a state natural resources board in Minnesota to kind of Mm -hmm. provide a buffer between the politicians uh, and natural resources, uh, and I've generally been against it. I've always said I, I'm not interested in adding another layer of government uh, in our in our natural resources management. And I, I felt a little vindicated as I've watched what's unfolded over there in Wisconsin. I, I've said uh, no. I'm I, all the more reason I don't want an NRB uh, in yeah. Minnesota.
1: Yeah, we, we had. Um, I really I really strongly strongly believe in the system that the state had from. Um, 1967 through 1995 were, you know, the governor appoints seven board members on staggered terms, and so if you have, um, you know, it was always staggered so, you, so one governor could not totally just wipe out the board and start over every time. Mm-hmm. You know, they'd, they'd, they'd carry on from one term to the next. Well, then, And then also those seven board members, they're the ones who selected and hired the um, DNR secretary who oversees, you know, the DNR. And so, it was a neat system where you had these people kind of re- removed a little bit from politics, making that decision. But then in '95, um, we had a that was a budget uh, change. They put it into the budget. This is how lawmakers sometimes do things. And basically, it went through that. Um, no longer does the board appoint the DNR secretary, but now the governor does. And it's been just um, uh, political appointee after political appointee for the last you know, 25 years, so, you know, the system that they crafted back in 1967 after going through similar nonsense, you know, back then, you know, there was good reasons for that law in the, in the way they set that um, board up, and one of my little things I picked up along the way in my reading over the years is you shouldn't change something, and let, you know, don't tear down a fence till you know why the fence is put up, <laughs> and that's, that's um, I think, one of our major failings as a country so often, we yeah. we go and mess with things that, um there might have been a very good reason a court ruled a certain way or a law mm. was written a certain way.
0: Yeah, yeah, trust uh, trust our ancestors a little bit. Pat, we've a just got bit, a couple yeah. minutes left, so I want to talk sure. a little bit about your deer season over there. Uh-huh. Uh Pardon me if I'm wrong, but it looked like uh, what fewer hunters went out but killed more deer. Is that the, the long and short of it um, for Wisconsin this year? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think the license sales were down during the gun season. The nine or 98 gun season, they're down like 1.6%, which is still part of the long-term trend downward. Um, they shot, we shot a few more deer this year during gun season, but as I pointed out, you know, basically our last nine gun seasons, Rob, have been almost carbon copies of each other because there's just so little um, flex in how we uh, manage deer now. It's a real, um, I think, kind of a mess of how we do things, and it's so basically <laughs> we have um, a a finite number of hunters, and they're pretty much shooting the same number of deer um, bucks each year and the same number of antlers deer each year. And it's gone on nine straight years now, and I, I keep saying that's not deer management when you just have these flat um, harvests that pretty much reflect um, how many hunters are out there.
0: Well, it struck me as a, you know, a positive development to see the deer kill come up a little bit uh, in the Badger State. Mm-hmm. It's It was down here, Pat. I don't know if you've monitored uh-huh. that, but... Sure. Uh, yeah. You know, Wisconsin, you guys are killing. You're still going to kill close to what three hundred thousand deer across all seasons this year. That, that's a lot
1: of oh, deer. Yeah, easily. You know, you know, one thing. You know, we are. We have a, a good, um, Pretty active hunt. The people who are hunting are, are pretty good. They don't they don't hunt as hard as they used to. I and mean, it's pretty clear that after opening our opening weekend, the hunting pressure drops off dramatically compared. You know, I sound like I am an old guy now. So I can remember when people used to look at Thanksgiving, the Friday after Thanksgiving, the second week in a gun season as oh, yeah. extra hunting opportunity. But now we have we have a lot of deer in Wisconsin, and so a lot of people it's not that hard to go out and get um, um, you know kind of kind of you know fill that basket real fast you know in the opening week and then back off. And so it's um, you know it, we're taking what's there. We could be taking a lot more, and that's my fears. You know when you look at when ant- you look at the antler segment of the of the of the harvest. It's not we're not shooting enough does does on female female um, female deer. We're not shooting enough female deer to really control this population in roughly the southern two thirds of Wisconsin.
0: Yeah, and then you you combine it with chronic wasting disease, and uh, you've right. got and, and Pat, we're basically out of time. But you've got okay. CWD just about statewide, right?
1: No, no, it's 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 um in fifty. I think it's like fifty-five uh, percent of our counties now have okay, documents wow. having it, but yeah, it's still uh, it's it's not exactly a small small concern. No. Right, right, yeah.
0: Well, Pat, thanks so much for spending a segment with me here. I wish we had more time. Folks can read you at Outdoor News, uh, Wisconsin Outdoor News. You have a website you want to mention also.
1: Yeah, sure. patrickdurkinoutdoors.com dot com. Everything I write, basically for the newspaper, is, is on there. So awesome.
0: Well, Pat, thanks so much for spending a segment with us, and uh, good luck. Stay warm. Happy holidays to you, my friend.
1: You too, Rob. Always good talking to you. All right. That's
0: Patrick Dirk in Wisconsin Outdoor News, uh, one of the best uh, writers I think we've got in the fine state. He also, I think, uh, writes for uh, some other publications in Wisconsin also, too. Well, I sure appreciate everybody joining us. Uh, Sorry we had kind of a little shorter broadcast this week. Uh, You stay tuned now. We've got the Chicago Bulls at the Minnesota Timberwolves. Should be a pretty good tilt. Uh, Two teams with fairly similar records. Uh, Happy holidays to everybody. We've got Christmas uh, next week and New Year's the following weekend. So a fine time of year. I'm Rob Driesline signing off for WCCO Outdoors.